Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV, on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benetara Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Today's podcast is baby number two. Well, maybe baby number three. Really, it's about growing and changing families. I have three guests sitting at the square table with me today. Kim Rosenberg, who just welcomed baby number two, Amy Sobel, who is awaiting baby number two, and Jessica Fleischman, who just welcomed baby number three. Now you can try to prepare for a new baby, but there's always surprises when you experience all the changes. From the first pregnancy, imagining what kind of parents you'll be, to second pregnancy, guilt and worries. What are we doing to our perfect family? To third baby, who joins a family already going full speed into multiple ages and stages. I'll let the moms introduce themselves and tell you about their families, but I'm particularly curious about all the contradictory emotions that might be swirling around the arrival of a new baby, or the unknowns that the new baby brings to your world. So I'm going to ask Amy to go first, because she's living that second pregnancy. And if you can compare it to your first pregnancy, and just how you're feeling about what's to come in the months ahead. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely think it's very different from my first pregnancy. I feel like my first pregnancy, I was very consumed with all of uh, all the, the feelings and the emotions and how I was doing, and now I feel like I'm going a million miles a day, and at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, I'm pregnant. I should sit down. Right. You're busy, <laughs> busy chasing a toddler. Right. Tell so everybody how old Benny is. Uh, Benny is almost 20 months. And he's a very happy little boy, so I'm hoping that continues and that this doesn't disrupt his world too much. Um, but that's definitely something I think about all the time. Um, when we found out we were expecting number two, he was actually taking a nap. And I just vividly remember getting him after that nap and just hugging him so tight and kind of wanting to say I was sorry, <laughs> even though I was so happy. And and I feel this way about this baby, too. You know, I... In a way, I feel guilty that he or she is never going to get our sole attention. But in another way, I feel so excited that he or she is going to have this wonderful older brother and slightly less clueless parents. So, <laughs> uh, Experienced, <laughs> parents. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, Kim, you've, yes. you've made it through the beginnings of that. Did you share those pregnancy feelings? Was there a question of, will there be enough love for another baby? Absolutely. Well, right now I have Ashlyn, who's 20 months, and I have Tyler, who's five months. When I first found out I was pregnant, it was it was my little blessing, because I always wanted a second, but I wasn't really planning for that at that moment. Oh, fun. So it was very exciting, but no, definitely, I was very, very guilty, 
I was very guilty. I really did not think that I could possibly love the second child. I said, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Like I, I didn't feel that, um, that love right away like I do in my first pregnancy. <laughs> Because I felt guilty. I felt if I love, you know, another baby, You're my first one's not getting. Yeah. And how could I love something as much as I love my first one? I love her so much. She's everything. And I would Google it. I would Google it at night and say, what if I don't love my second? How will I love my second? And everything said, your love just grows. Just grows and grows. It just grows. But it doesn't matter. I mean, no matter how many times you Google it, you don't believe it. You just, until right. you live through until it. Until it happens, until he was there. Okay, so then he was born. And then he was born, and the love was there. It was like just it, snapped. It, it was just, just snapped boom. into place. Like, everything kind of just falls into place, and the love is there. And you just look at his little face and his little fingers, and you snuggle him, and the love is there. It is. <laughs> and amazing. do you fit now, is it a juggling act now the with love? a toddler and a baby? Oh, it's a huge juggling. Everything, every aspect of my day is a juggling act from feeding them to going out to coming to class to giving enough attention to baths. And, of course, she looks like she does it with complete yeah, finesse and mastery. I mean, you do not make it look like a struggle Well, thank all. you, because inside, some days, I'm just like, I stand there, and I don't know if I should go left to his room or right to her room. When they're both screaming, you don't even know what to do first. You kind of just freeze in the moment. And what do you do? I go to the one that needs me the most. Usually it's the baby because I don't want the baby crying. Like, I can kind of explain to her mommy's coming. Him, he's so little that I just go to him and pick him up and go upstairs to her room, lay him down on a little carpet, and there he is on the floor, and then I pull her out. It's, it really is a juggling act. Like, yeah. one's in one arm, the other's in the other arm, and I somehow make it downstairs again. <laughs> and what's so hard to believe, I think, is as the outsider looking in, I feel like you've given them both this great gift of, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I hear you, I will take care of all of your needs, but not immediately and all at once, and like I can just wiggle my nose and have it all magically fixed. And that is a gift to your children because it rebalances them and lets them know they're part of something bigger. And it gives them a sense of resilience and a little extra calm, except, of course, that they're going to come into the terrible twos and there's going to be an, an emotional intensity as well. But they are fairly, you, at least the two of you, have really easygoing firstborns, um, as easy as, as possibly children can be. So, you know, they, I think they accept that little bit of um, explanation or delay. Yes? Oh, yes. So she's been accommodating so far. She's accommodating. I mean, there are times that she tells me, back, back, like, put the baby back. <laughs> down, down. Like, she'll point down. She wants him down. And I honestly, mm -hmm. the toddler wins. I have to listen. I put him down because she needs me in that moment. And yeah. he's okay. Yeah. Wow. As long as he's safe and I'm uh -huh. there and she's there. So now Jessica's seen it from all sides because you've got the firstborn, the middle child, and the baby. So tell everybody the ages again. And then how you... However, how Juliet transformed your family dynamic. So I have um, Ayla, who's three and a few months, and then Sienna, who is 20 months, and then I have Juliet, who's five months. So unlike, I guess, both of you, my firstborn and my secondborn are not easygoing. So that was So when really they were demanding you at the same time, they were demanding with force and intensity. Yes. And, and it's funny because, Amy, you know, it's like 
you explained where you are in this moment of your life. And I just, I relived my moment at that time. And then it's funny how much I've changed as a person in three years. Because with my first pregnancy, I was, same exact emotions. How, I mean, I could not even imagine how am I going to juggle two two kids. I was so afraid. And I thought, like, I'm never going to love the second one like I love the first. And then I had all this guilt. I'm going to leave Ayla, which is my oldest one. And how is she? She's never going to love Sienna. But then, of course, you bring the second one home and you see them both together and you just, you melt. And you're like, this is what it's all about. And so the third time around, I didn't have the fear that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't have the love for her. I just, you know, I just, I was... I, I mean, I completely forgot I was pregnant. People would say congratulations, and I would say, on what? Like, I had just moved. We also just moved. So it's been, like, a whirlwind. Right, so Juliet right, right. just, she, it's funny. So Ayla and Sienna, they're both totally unique, um, but they're both, they're both very, I'd say, like, strong personalities. Strong yes, and it's yeah. amazing. I think it's hard to parent that, but I think it's a great type of kid to have. So, um, and then Juliet, I don't know how she'll be. But my gut tells me, like, she's the calm that our family needed. So how so, did Ayla and Sienna respond to Juliet coming in? So it's, it's interesting because, you know, when, when my second one was born, my oldest one was 20 months. And that was, I think, a really difficult age split. Um, she was emotionally, she couldn't verbalize what she was feeling, um... She she was all over the place. She was at that like emotional growth spurt and it was really, really challenging. I mean, if I tell you she tried to kill Sienna, I mean I I mean she really did. I, I could not leave the two of them alone in the room for the first six months of Sienna's life. There always had to be two adults. It was very challenging and I stressed out. And then um this time around, Sienna was 14 months when I had Juliet. She had no clue what hit her. It was fabulous. I I mean, I love that age split. And then Sienna, or I'm sorry, then Alam, who was th- almost three at the time, she was like little a little mommy. Yeah. It yeah. was perfect. So it was a better this, age. This was, bringing in a third was a thousand times easier than the first time. And I was also like, so chill. Okay, so there's hope for everybody out there, <laughs> there who's, got, who's stressing over two and just go for three. Honestly, <laughs> I'm totally giving into the madness. Yeah. See, now I've accepted the craziness. And it's good. Before, I used to fight for, like, what I used to have. Right, right. I don't fight for that anymore. Right, right. You just know you are always juggling. I'm always juggling. Needs and schedules. So let's go to Ashlyn. Okay. Um, who is at that 20-month? She's 20 months, 20 yeah. 20 months. So she's at that stage. And, 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 again, terrible twos start from the minute they say no and mine. It's a new emotional life. They, they take ownership over their world, over their toys, over their mothers and their fathers, yes. over their car seats, over their everything. So, um, and I, but I think, so how did you introduce the baby to her? I mean, even during pregnancy, like, was this, but you just said, is, is he her, is he her baby? I said, your baby, this is your baby. And, you know, I point to my belly and say, this is your baby. My baby's in here. And she would kiss my belly. I think she just thought that my belly was called a baby. <laughs> I, I do not think that she got it because she would say baby, baby. But like, she even said that after he was born, like baby, like it became a baby. My stomach was a baby. So my belly button was a baby. But um, no, in the beginning, she really didn't get it. Like, she would go over to him and put, like, her little dolls inside his little carriage, and she would just, 
didn't phase her. Well, he wasn't was no, really a person. He, he was just sort of this inanimate object that was there who maybe called, who who's cried for mom yeah. once in a while. Right. He was just there. Now, like, she gets it. So, like, when I'm start, he's starting to play and he has his own toys. So she goes over and, no, she, that's her toy. He, he can't have it. Like, she takes it away. Even if it's his, yeah. she has to have anything that he touches, anything that he looks at. No, mine. You know, now she's taking things away from him. So that's new because and I have how, to learn What do you do? How do you respond? Usually I give it to her <laughs> because okay. I don't want her to have a temper tantrum and I don't want her to feel bad. Like, I don't want her to look at him like he's taking things from her. But I also need, I know I need to start saying, you know, this is Tyler's, you know, because she can't take everything from him. Well, it's tricky. And I think that a lot of the baby jealousy and all that starts when the little ones start to crawl, you know, or after that six months. Now, again, he's 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 powerful in his floor time. So, you know, he is active and he takes up space. And, right. he, you know, she sees him a little bit as an intruder. But pretty soon he's going to be able to go after her stuff. That's he's going to be able to, like, he's yeah. going to do <laughs> <Like> those <laughs> things that she's going to be like, whoa, didn't you see that boundary? And, and if you're not there to mediate, it he doesn't know that his sister made a boundary for him that he doesn't know how to respect so um you it's that whole thing even in social skills with the toddlers if they don't mind should we make a big deal out of it well you know you have a little bit of you have a little bit of space to like walk the tightrope for a few more months where you can sort of let her set you can let her have it and when he when he resents her taking it or when he protests then you'll or you can say now okay he's letting you take it he said you can have it now he's also being generous to her and she's seeing that he loves her so you can give him some emotions and some some intention that he he doesn't quite have and then the other thing is still let her make big choices for the family you know where it's like all right before we put Tyler down what toys should we give him today and what toys do you think he should have tomorrow so again whenever there's a power play the the general news about power struggles Mm -hmm. is that they're never about power they're not about feeling powerful they're about feeling powerless so if you can give her some age-appropriate power that is still a little bit kind and compassionate to her brother <laughs> that's sort of like sneaking in the message, you can try it. Does it always work? No. I mean, there's going to be sibling conflict forever and ever and ever, and it makes them really great people to have it because we know we've grown into great people because of our sibling relationships. But That's uh, true. So... Hmm. Let's go now. Let's go. To, I just laugh because <laughs> it's just. I told you the other day. I said sibling rivalry is like alive and well in the Fleischman household, and it is intense. But I do. I really try to give a voice to the ones that, like for Tiziana, my middle child, to, you know, give her her little voice, um, because you don't want to make it all about just one and giving Ayla the power all the time because there's going to come a time where they're all going to want to have a say and that's when I need them to know like you know what it's not always going to be your turn to make the decision and we have to learn to share and if you don't share that toy it goes bye-bye because that's like the rule in our house. I mean, and as long as it's working, great. It's it's, it's not always work because sometimes I I leave, not the toy. And here's what, and and the struggle with that. And again, there are times when you just have to say enough. We'll talk about it later. We'll problem solve it tomorrow. We'll find a better strategy. You know, and and because I am that person, I don't want kids to run the house. So, but I do want this little bit of collaboration because what happens in the Either do it either either like don't fight or I take the toy. What happens is you could just end up with three 
frustrated kids all the time. Right. And if and and when and 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 anybody can be frustrated on any given day. I'm I'm good with that. And then just say, oh, that made you really sad when I took your toy. You know, what else can we do differently tomorrow? How can we solve the problem? What's not fair? You know, you can let them express it, especially at three and four. They're going to know exactly right. how to express what's not fair. Right. Um, and then you can say, well, what should we do about it? And they're going to come up with really crazy ideas like, well, send the baby back. Right. <laughs> like, well, my older one's good. She'll be like, you know, she likes certain colors. So she'll take like five of whatever toy, but the color she doesn't love so much, I'll give this one to the to the baby. To yeah. And all you have to do is call her bluff. Like, let the baby take and go, are you giving her the one you don't right. like? Really? Right. Yeah. I hope your sister always gives you a good color. Done. You know, acknowledge it. Put it out there. It's that wink, wink. I know what you feel. I know what you're thinking. And it's, you know, again, it's that idea that, like, you don't have to stop them from acting mm, on their edge. But but at least let them know, I see it. I understand it. I know why you're doing it. You know, we've started doing this whole thing because we want them to learn, you know, to... You don't always have to share. You can say no, and that's okay, and we still respect that. But like with food and with this, who gets the bigger pile? Who gets the bigger piece? So now I have this thing, and I forget what other parents told me to do this. It was Amanda Horlick. She said, "Bravo, Amanda! Bravo, Amanda!" Um, she said, "You know what? Give." I think it was Amanda, but she said, um, "Let let's say Ayla cut." the piece of cake down the middle. And then she just... And, and then, then Sienna has to choose what piece. So we've been doing that with, like, a lot of things. And it's really interesting how in the middle she tries to make it because she knows that she wants... She still wants a nice chunk of what... It, it's actually working. And it's a brilliant cognitive exercise because she has to ex, she has to think of how... It's, like, it's, it's almost like a chess it's game. It's a whole game for her. Because you have to know how the other person is going to mm-hmm. treat you and you want to set that and up And she right. tries to tell Sienna, take this piece, take this piece. But, you know, you know, and it's been working. I love it. We'll see. Perfect, perfect. I don't know. So, Amy, are you scared? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should be writing all this down. Like, I definitely am going to steal that trick. Uh, you know, it's funny. I feel like I've been, like, thinking in my head about these strategies that I'm going to do. I'm sure it could all go out the window. But I, I think, you know, getting these tidbits from other moms. I mean, even just watching you in class. You know, I, I kind of... Anything I can do to play up Benny's personality, like he's he's just naturally very helpful. You know, he likes to clean up in class. So, and I've I've learned that if I kind of play into that, I can get him to do things that he needs to do. So instead of saying we're Go going to take the- a bath, can you help me find your towel? Then he's in the bathroom. Then we get in the bath. Because you're giving so. him power. You're giving him responsibility. You're giving him control. Right. And that's what they need so, so bad. That's what I've in my head. It's going to be. Can you help me find the diapers? You know, make him a little helper. And did and you get him a baby? Work. Does he have a baby? Well, we're hopefully finding out what the baby is tomorrow. Ooh. So my plan is to get him a boy, a boy or a girl. Tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. So we'll <laughs> Very exciting. Yeah. So yes, then we'll get him the baby. Um, another mom told me that. Right from the, the start, and I don't know if this is enforceable or not, but she tried to get her son to ask permission before um, he touched the baby. So if I can maybe start that now, um, I don't know how realistic that is, <laughs> but just to be gentle. So like right. you know, I don't care if you throw your ball, but with your baby doll, you know, you have to nice touches. And That's what I have trouble with. Like she wants to give him toys, yeah, <laughs> and which is great, but she does it in a you know. Here's the here's the doll. Here's the Lego. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he's cried a few times. Like or like I you know you learn like in the kitchen like she's sitting in her high chair he's in his little thing and 
she threw her bottle and boom, he got like a bruise on his head. And I have to, and now I know they have to be like six feet apart all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but again, she's she's energetic and right. she's yeah. she's enthusiastic. And so that just comes out. So again, it's and it, and that's why those second babies and third babies, they bounce a little bit more, they they, they get a little more bumps and bruises, but they're gonna be very, very, very resilient from yeah. it. I'd rather be like a third child. I'm a first child. <laughs> I am too. There's a lot of intensity <laughs> yeah. with the first Firstborns. So there is. There's yeah. a lot. And, and you've heard me say it a million times. Firstborn moms with firstborn dads with or only only, only dads. Uh, only child dads and, and firstborn children. <laughs> I mean, you are you are you are doing things for the first time and there's mm-hmm. always more pressure on your shoulders. Now, here's the other thing I want to talk about, because um, it's one of my favorite things, in and that's schizophrenic parenting. <laughs> because I think what happens is um, a woman named Ellen Galinsky wrote a fabulous book decades ago that's a classic called Stages of Parenthood. And what she says is your first stage is the image making, and that's during your first pregnancy. Now, that could last nine years if you went through infertility, or it can last nine months. But it is all that preparing your heart, your soul, your body. Um, and it's that idea of like, what kind of parent will I be? Then comes the nurturing stage. Infancy to around 18 months to the time your child says, no, we're mine. And in that stage, it's the attachment bubble. It's the love. It's the it's you and me. I mean, we're in synchronicity. I can read your mind. You know my heart. I mean, it is it's perfect. Um, but the frustrations and stresses of the nurturing stage are whenever your image of what you were going to be like or what this baby would be like is different, then you're like, oh, like this isn't going the way I thought it would go. And she says all stress in parenting comes from when the image doesn't match the reality. But then what happens is at 18 months or the t- time your child says no or mine, you move into the authority stage whole new drama because when they say no they're saying I am I'm a separate person from you I think on my own I have my own feelings and I have to test you and push your buttons and so it's that idea of like the food it's like that food drama like but I want this no 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 now you give me that I want this and it's just this infinite chain of how long can I hook you before you're gonna say mm, sorry there's no more the choices last <laughs> And the questions of the authority stage, since you guys are just coming into it, is what rules will matter to me? How will I enforce them? Mm-hmm. You know, will I be the tough cop? Will I be the kind, benevolent one? But what if my child doesn't respond right. to the image that I have of how I'm going to do this according to my ideal parent? But what she doesn't write about in the book that has always struck me is that I know that the image making in second pregnancy is different. Mm-hmm. Everything you're thinking about and feeling is different. Um, then the baby comes and you've got a newborn in the attached in the nurturing stage and you're like I love you I'm so glad you're here get down on the sofa yeah. <laughs> it's so true and you're schizophrenic you are I schizophrenic I didn't even think of that it is that yeah. it is Two My different must stages. Think I am a lunatic, Two, and and it's a switch yes. that you flip. Yes, and, and then you feel guilty. I like, feel guilty. Oh, I just I yelled, so and I mean, my older one is watching me with all of this sweetness and preciousness, and I'm and I'm screaming like a crazy person at the child that I can't get that is just going to grab a knife off the kitchen counter. But I've got a baby. It's blah, totally blah, blah. that. Okay, so and I've never been so, mad at her before until now. Like ooh. I've never felt that angry. Yes. It is. I was thinking about that the other day, and I said, like, well, I just want to get out of that routine of constantly being, like, 
the bad guy. Like, I feel like I, with the with a three-year-old, it's just constantly telling her, don't do that, don't do that. And I'm like the, I, I feel like a horrible person all the time. But it kind of doesn't leave me much of a choice Well, there's right a now. tough one. See, what happens is, is that when you hit that authority <sighs> stage and they, and, and life gets complicated because every time you add a new baby to the mix, Everything's out of balance. And my middle one's also pushing me, too, because she sees yes. the older one. And 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 you may so. say that the littlest one is the peacekeeper. And Maybe the, she won't be. But the bottom line is <laughs> no, she still she changed the dynamic as they're growing and changing. Right. So you've got this very fluid situation that is not that is not settled yet. Um, here's, here's the one tip, and then I, I do want to talk about the anger, because I think that is shocking. Uh, not shocking that you said it, but it no. is the thing that, sho- that throws you off your yeah, game. Absolutely. But um, with the when you're saying no all the time, and we're doing bad. discipline so two bad. weeks in class is the discipline week. Here's the thing: if you're saying no all day, you, you have to you have to break your, you have to change right. it in yourself. I'm, and what it is is if you're on that no pattern because developmentally they're pushing you or situationally there there there's there's the stress. Pick the one or two things you're going to work on, right. and you say really clearly: at three they get this, at two and a half they get this. You know what? I've been yelling all. All day. Mommy's been like stressed out, crazy mommy. And you know what? I don't want to be that way. So we're going to make some changes. And, and you're going to take complete ownership over it's not her fault that you're going to make some changes. But I need your help. So we're going to work on one thing. And you pick that one thing. Maybe it's bedtime. Maybe it's mealtime. And you have to let a lot of the other stuff right. go. Because if you're working on everything, you're working on nothing. So you pick one thing and then you say, you know what? Because there's a lot of things in our day that's hard. And I don't want it to be hard for you. So I want you to go back to this collaboration kind of discipline that says, I'm on your side. Like, we're, we feel like we're against each other, and I don't want to be the against you mommy. I want to help you, but I'm going to help you make good choices, too. And so... I'm trying to do all of that. I really am. Yeah, like, you yeah, say yeah. that I am. I. It's just harder in practice. Right. You do it piece by piece, right. and you know, because no book writes this out for you. What The way I do the coaching is what happens is you have to then say, okay, we're gonna, let's say we're going to work on bedtime, or we're going to work on morning, getting out of the house. Can I... Can I just say what happened last night? No, and then, no, no. No, we'll have to take because I want to stay on this topic. It's exactly okay, this. Okay, go ahead. It's only because <laughs> what, you said bedtime. No, and I'm, I won't talk after this. I'm you, drawing. You, you, no, keep talking. But this is, this is the crazy thing, and this is where I find this age to be so amazing and, I mean, manipulative, but... She's been meeting me. Exper- that's a nice word, but I mean, let's just be honest. So she she's been needing me to put her to bed because she is scared of monsters now. Three, this scared of the dark. Another it's, podcast. It's real. Fears, fears are developmental. I need a lot of help. emotional development. So I've got articles. For we're it. really trying to now. I don't want to be with her to put her to bed. I've always had great sleepers until now. So last night she said, "No, no, mommy. Instead of you tickling me, I'm going to tickle you and put you to bed." And I said. Okay, tickled me. I said, this feels so nice. Literally two minutes later, I must have been sleeping. She got up. She closed the door. She went downstairs. This is what I was told. And my nanny was downstairs, you know, whatever, putting stuff together. I said, Ayla, what are you doing? She said, shh, mommy is asleep. Now I can come down and play. She put me to bed. She knew. She waited till I was sleeping. And she left the room. (laughs) So I have that article. You are smarter than your child, and it is a chapter in the title of Free Child. <laughs> I am like, what just happened? 
So here's what you know that happened. And what you know is you're smarter than them. And this is the problem with the coaching is that you always say, I'm going to do this. No harm. How sweet. She's being tender. You are smarter than your child. If you step back from that situation and you say, hmm, how important is this bedtime to our sanity? How important is the structure? I was so tired that it didn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, but that in the moment, you can't think clearly. I know. But you have to know... I, I know that she's she is trying to, to be, th- she's playing a chess game and she's three steps ahead and I have to be ready for that, which means I need to stay really clear on my boundaries and my routines for right now. And I have to be very, very cautious at stretching the game for her because it's, how do you know it's testing? If you give them what they want and they, and they up the ante on you, it was never about what they said it was about. It wasn't about the food. It wasn't about bedtime. It's about, can I, pl- how much power? power can I get? Right. And they're going to take as much power as they can because it's like the keys to a Porsche. And it doesn't matter if you know how to drive it or not. You're driving it. You're going to go and you're going to go as fast as you can and right. it's not going to have good consequences <laughs> because you're going to feel really out of control. Right. So, but... So um, I need... So I need... We need we'll oh. come back to the discipline. <laughs> yes. But, but let's, for now, just understand that some of the discipline chaos is from the new dynamics of, of three children yes. under three or almost under three. Right. So, it's, so it's this idea that um, figuring out how to manage that is, is, is complicated. Yeah. <sighs> so the anger. The anger. You know, she's my firstborn, and she was always, you know, she's my perfect angel. She's the love of my life. She's everything. But I've recently had to yell at her. And I did not want to yell at her, but I yelled at her. And it's like the most heartbreaking thing. And afterwards, I feel like I'm the worst person in the world. How did I just yell at this little person I created? And I yelled at her. And she looks at me, and she just goes, hi. You know, like whenever I whenever I try to correct her, she looks at me with these sweet little eyes and she it's almost like she knows like she did wrong. She knows mm-hmm. she pushed it. She pushed it. She knows she pushed it. She knew you had an edge. Now again, I don't like the word manipulative because I because it's not malicious and it's not it's it's right. really what they must do developmentally they must find those edges for themselves and for you and so what happens with that is the baby adds this to the mix but all children as they get closer to the age of two or between 18 months and two and a half are going to provoke you to a situation that pushes you to feel out of control. And whether that you respond with that yelling or with a temper tantrum of this foot stomping of your own or whether you run out of the house and say, I can't do it. However, they're they're going to feel out of control because they are experimenting with their own power. Um, And so, and you, you are walking this very fine line. What did you say? And, and so some of it is just hitting that next stage of you're, if you can, if you try to only nurture them in the bubble, if you try to stay in the attachment stage with just like, oh, are you upset? I love you so much. They would be like, yeah, really? Like, they'd be downstairs cooking breakfast because they're going to, they have to find the edge because it's the edge that defines who they are within themselves. It's what gives them a sense of stability, security, peace of mind, and control in the best way, which is I control my world by being, being able to predict my world. And so if I know, you're a teacher, you know if they know what comes next, if they know what happens on Fridays, right. and Fridays is different than Mondays, then they they feel like, yeah, I got this. This world was made for me. Mm-hmm. So they need. So yes, they're gonna push buttons, but it's 
but it's the guilt of the new baby that says, but you're seeing me act sweetly to, to one child while I'm being harsh to another. Right. And I felt out of, out of control, too, because I couldn't get to her because I was bathing the baby in the sink, and she's in the high chair, and... I didn't like what she was doing, so I couldn't get to her. And I felt like, oh, my goodness, she's not listening to my nice voice, so here I go. And I just yelled at her, and I felt horrible. Okay, so and when she does the high, sometimes it could be, sometimes it's a a scary high. It's like, whoa, I don't, what happened to nice mommy? And it's like, hi, you know, and it's like, can I bring you back, you know? And Mm -hmm. and then you just come back. But what you said is, you know, you said, I, you know, if you say it as an I message, like, you, I, I, you know, like, I was, I couldn't get to you. I needed you to stop that. And so I lost it. You know, I don't want to be yelling, mommy. So, you know, but, but I need, the reason I yelled was because it was really important for me that you hear what I was saying. <sighs> but again, but it's, it's, can you step back to find even a calm voice that then right. says, oh, you know what? Um, I didn't want to yell, but I did. And sometimes we do things we don't, we didn't expect to do. I mean, if you can use that as a problem solving, where they can see themselves in your eyes. And again, if they see you make mistakes, then they know they can make mistakes. But it's how you manage the mistakes. Right. So, did you talk about it after? I did. I said, you know, mommy, sorry. I love you, but I really don't like it when you do what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. And then, how did she respond? She was fine. She gave me a hug, and she. You know, I felt even worse because she hugged me and was being so loving after I just yelled at her. Yeah. And yeah. then I felt really much worse. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, how can I do that? She still loves me. And here's one of the takeaways I think from today, and that is that the ideal mommies, the best mommies, the real mommies aren't supposed to have infinite patience, infinite kindness, infinite softness and gentleness in their voices. That's never going to be a reality all every day, all the time, in every situation. You know, and you may love baby stages or you may love toddler stages, and you may love school age, but sometime in your child's life, you're going to lose it. I mean, and, and to be able to live through that with kindness, forgiveness, and gentleness for yourself... That's what's going to give them the gentleness. So, but if it's it, so you okay. feel any better, I'm definitely more bad cop than good cop at my house because my husband has the role of like fun dad. So I have to sometimes bring them back to reality, and I sometimes have to be. I'm, I do. I I don't like to yell, but I'm very emotional. So sometimes I yell, and I have guilt. But if it makes you feel any better. After many days of yelling and craziness, and they always come back to me. They still love you, and you. And truthfully, she feels more secure when she knows her boundaries, and she actually, she's happier. So when I am more rigid and I stick to my schedule, and I let her know it's expected of her. Sometimes I have to be a little, you know, assertive and forceful, Mm -hmm. but she, she's happier. And she thanks me for it at the end of the day. I promise you. Like, so as long as they you, feel you, the love. You can find an alternative to the yelling. And right. we, I think I know. We're, we're going to do a podcast on screaming because I love, because especially in our community, people don't really, uh, they don't like to say, I'm a screamer. So, But we got, we got plenty of screamers out there in the world. So um, we're going to come to that. But what, well, here's what happened on the Fun Dad podcast. The Fun Dad said, you know when it's not fun? When they don't listen to me. 
because they don't take me seriously because I'm only fun dad. And so there is a powerlessness to being fun dad or fun parent that is absolutely not what your children need. Your children need you to be fun and to be present and to be engaged and to be loving, but they do need structure and guidance and direction. Um, And we're running out of time. This went so fast. (laughs) But I want to do our wrap-up, and you can take as long as you want for the Um, wrap-up. But it really is coming to the terms, either with the, the, the schizophrenic, you know, different stages of mommies. It could be the different expectations. On, on your firstborn, on the big girls. Um, because, you know, it, sometimes you want them to be the one that, um, that covers you. Like, come on, the baby's sick. I just need you to help me out here. Um, or it could be on the um, just embracing the unknown that you're going full speed into. And also the magic. Because, Amy, you haven't, you know, like, you're, you're still in the bubble of the, of the sweetness. And Benny's still in the sweetness. So yeah. um, we always end with, um, you've got this. You've got this in a million ways. And it's always your way not to do this like anybody else. So how do you got this for today, for this week, for right now? Um, on ha- welcoming baby number two or baby number three? For me, it's now seeing the relationship they are forming how he make how she makes him laugh you know she's making the baby laugh and he actually started to cry when she left the room the other day oh. and that right there was beautiful to me because he was staring at her in awe and laughing and giggling and then she walked out and his little face got so sad and that I, I adored that right there it's true it's because the relationship this is the beginning of a lifetime mm-hmm. lifetime of love for them yeah so. she can throw a million projectiles at him and he's yeah. still gonna he's miss so it he's true. Just, <laughs> loves her mm-hmm. love it love yeah. it sweet Amy how do you got this? Um, you know, I think for the next four months, I just really want to try to, you know, enjoy what we have right now. You know, it, it, it is a very loving stage right now, so I want to ride that out. I know there's going to be a lot of challenges and do my best to kind of take advice from people, but know that, you know, I can't predict what's going to happen in the future. And I'm going to try to prepare him as much as possible. I think he, he has a really good memory. You know, we're going to get some books and try to tell him what's happening. But I know that no matter what I say or tell him, his world is going to change, and we'll just do our best to make sure he, you know, stays as happy and secure as possible. I have one more question for you in the wrap-up. Yeah. Um, because all three of you, your, your almost twos, are starting camp in the summer, so they're going into drop-off programs. How did you make that choice? Um, that said, I'm ready for him to be in a little world all of his own. Um, I actually stressed about the choice a little bit because I felt selfish in a way because I felt like I was doing it earlier than I might have. But in my mind, I, I was like, you know, I, I'm going to need some time with him occupied um, to, to, you know, focus on the baby. And now that we're in the transition class, I just I feel like I absolutely made the right decision for him, too. I don't feel selfish anymore. I feel like he's doing well. I feel excited for him to go over the summer. And, you know, it's going to be really nice for him to have time with his friends, time to learn. And, you know, we'll we'll be there to pick him up. So (laughs) I'm excited about it. Jessica? Um, I think to follow up with what Kim said, you know, I took took my older one. We had a girly weekend at Disney World, and it's really nice to have alone time with each of them. Um, But after a day of being away... Ayla turned to me and she said, Mommy, I want to go home. And I said, but we have a whole nother day to the rest of the day and tomorrow. You know, we have so much planned. It's going to be so much fun. 
Um, and I was with my best friend. So she had, like, her her aunt that she doesn't really have, you know, and, and her mommy. And she goes, no, I just, I really miss Cece. Which is, <sighs> she's like, I just, I don't want to not be with her. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So we FaceTimed. And then they're FaceTiming each other. And she's going, A. And she's going, Pips. Because Sienna's Pips. Uh-huh. So it's A and Pips. A and Pips. I love you. I love you. And they're kissing each other. And you know what? Like, poor Juliet. She's still, she's in the whole thing. No, no, no. I don't mean poor. I don't mean poor Juliet. But I'm like, you know, it was all about 10. I go, and you know you have another sister. But, um, but, and it's funny. And I I do have, um, I I was in class. We started um, family time with my family. And I mean, this is how crazy it is because I didn't even realize that there was class tomorrow until, you know, somebody let me know. But, um. I get there, and I really don't know Juliet, and I, and I do. It's difficult because the two older ones require so much of me right now. And and the little one has so much love, and it's okay, and I know she'll be fine. She doesn't know different. But I, re- I see all the other moms, and it brought me back to, like, the first time I was in class with Ayla, my oldest, and I knew everything, how when she would breathe, when she would eat, when she would this, everything about her, how... I know nothing about you. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, oh, they're all sitting. Huh. I wonder if mine's sitting. <laughs> <laughs> and I like popped her up and I'm like, what? <laughs> Let's find out. And I just, I got home and I'm like left and I go, we're all just going to get to know Juliet at the same time. And that's okay. But this you know, is it. You're full yeah. speed ahead. And, and I didn't even, I mean, I just guessed at that full speed. But your life is full speed. I literally, yeah. ju- and it made me like, it made me happy because I'm now going to have a day dedicated to her. Thank goodness for this class. Oh, it's And thank best. goodness for this summer because her two older ones are going and I'm going to have and you, can, you can turn off all that other, all those other right. commitments and right. challenges. Exactly. Thank you so very much for sharing all the love that's growing in your families. We love you guys. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow. Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules. You write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. We're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.com familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.